It's time for the Orlando Lions Den Podcast with your hosts, JJ, Eddie, Cleon, and Alex Brown. Welcome to another edition of Orlando Lions Den Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jason J.J. Jose, along with Cleon. What's up, Cleon? Hey, man. You not look, much. Not like much. You have muscles, man. You are just out during this uh, just finished, Just Yeah, I got, I got crazy in this uh, quarantine, locked up in this house, which is usual for me, but I normally can get out, but now it's like prison, so I had to make a gym in the garage. Ah. Trying, to get, trying to get my bot, trying to get my sexy back. Oh, Jesus. Freaking sexy back. And then we got Eddie. Eddie, the commish. What's, What's going on? I'm, I I uh, haven't had the midlife crisis that Cleon's going through, so I'm still <laughs> I'm still body image positive, which I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be, but I am. I I, uh, I kind of worked at home, and we homeschooled our kids already. So this isn't hugely different. And luckily, it's, the work is pretty pretty consistent. So I'm blessed in that category. And but I still miss you guys. I miss you know I miss sports. I miss all of this interaction. For a lot of us, this interaction is, is a big part of, of, you know, our day. And I miss it. Man. Yes, it is. And then we got the biggest Orlando City fan down in Southwest Florida, Alex Ryder. Oh, it's good to be back. It, it, took a, it took everybody having to work from home to bring me back on, and I'm happy to be here. I, I'm with Eddie. This has – I've been training for stuff like – this since high school this is not this is one of those things where it's like i i'm perfectly okay staying at home working in sweatpants and the only difference is there's no sports to watch so i'm watching old baseball games i literally was watching a 10 year old baseball game before this that's how (laughs) what's that i got dressed up for this i put on (laughs) pants for this put on clothes yeah (laughs) and then we have Kyle Butler, our guest uh, for Orlando Lions Den Podcast. What's happening, Kyle? What's up, guys? Good to be here. I'm glad to get some social interaction. Yes. We're happy that That's you're social here. Social distancing. That's yeah, right. Social distancing. That's most important. We're uh, plenty of feet away from each other. So let's go and uh, talk about Orlando City. Uh, and there's been lots of talk about Orlando City. Um, first off, let's talk about the rumor that's been going around since last year and it seems like it doesn't go away and it showed up again all of a sudden in the last two weeks uh Florial Coman from Romania I want your thoughts on uh, what is it Florinel 
Ah, Florida. I'm not Romanian. I mean, you wouldn't be. I speak Latin, but yeah, you wouldn't be JJ. It's not the same before you even got here. That's yeah, exactly. Coman, whatever. Coman, Coman, Kuman. What do you guys? What's your thoughts on this rumor on uh, him coming to Orlando City? To me, I've heard this rumor big time. He's gotten uh, big um, offers from big uh, teams in Europe. If he hasn't gone there, what's going to make him come to Orlando City? Cleon, Eddie, Alex, Kyle, go ahead. All right. Not all at once. No, yeah, you first, <laughs> I guess. Uh, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Um, well, I was joking earlier that I thought that if, if we got Disney World open quick enough, that that would be a draw in and of itself. But in reality, the big draw is just going to be they're going to whenever we do have put put fans back in seats, we're going to want to bring another, like, all the draw from the beginning of the season, all that momentum is kind of dead. So they're going to want to bring in another signing, especially with the window re- more than likely being open by the time we get to back underway. So, plus we need the attacking, the attacking wing, or, to supplement the fact that it sounds like Dom Dwyer is might still not be ready by the time we get back. Yes. We'll talk a little bit about Dom Dwyer a little bit later. Eddie, That's what's your thoughts? Well, um, we need a winger. That'll be great for sure. Um, especially someone to help out with, uh, um, with, with maybe tracking back on defense and just to have a little bit of, of youth in their legs. Right. Where, where it um, seemed like the, that Oscar wanted to play Nani sort of up, up top, you know, kind of two strikers. And uh, Benji was worth working a lot, a lot, a lot to get back. And he's not really a winger, in my opinion. Coman has got a ton of attention from big clubs, from Benfica, from uh, from West Ham, I think, right? From um, a ton right. of clubs that looked at him. Roma allegedly had looked at him. And then the, the latest news was that we were going to offer essentially like an installment plan, like you, something similar to what Arsenal did with um, Pepe, where they're paying his transfer fee over three years, basically. So if, if the only reason, the only way I can see him coming here is if they desperately need cash, right, the, the owner, and he sells him here. If he's getting all this attention from big clubs, just wait another year, you'll get it. Um, now, overall, everyone's price is devaluing, essentially, right, through this transfer market, and that could be helpful. But if we're not, if, if we're, it's a lower league he's getting attention from, and we're not paying the whole thing at once. It just doesn't seem that likely to me. Uh, well, we let me someone like that well, for sure. I think it would be great. I, I, of all the people we've looked at, he's probably my favorite. He's not in some big league or anything, but he's got enough attention where you're like, okay, they're seeing something. There must be something. Alex, uh, go ahead. What were you saying? Uh, Eddie, would they? Do you think they would do one of those like sixty or seventy percent of his rights kind of things where we would have a majority of it? his rights and then would sell him on a year or two later where this, we would just be a pit stop for him before he goes to Europe. I mean, it's, that should be part of the pitch, right? I mean, I don't think someone at that age and got that attention is his, his final stop is, you know, is, is MLS, which is fine. And MLS should be that. That should be part of their pitch. Kyle, I don't think, I don't think it should be part of their pitch whatsoever. I, I, I think we should have them a hundred percent. Why are we going to pay this much money for a guy and then basically only have 60% of his passing or his um, pass or 70% and then sell him and give 30% or 40% to the other team. What we need to do is just like how Atlanta United did with Miguel Almaron and the other guys that they're doing also. 
get them, sell them, buy them, and then sell them to Europe teams and get all the money. We, we shouldn't be doing none of this. Kyle, what do you think about all this? Yeah, so the only, the only reason I think you would do like a 70-30 or 60-40 is um, basic, I mean, just, just money-wise. So if, if the asking price was too high and they thought, you know, I'm, we're not shelling out 15 mil, 20 mil, or whatever the 100% price is, and they, they're only comfortable with 10, that, then they might ask for 60% of the rights. That's the only way I'd see that working out. But I agree, I think it has to be 100% outright buy. Uh, the thing that's going to be interesting is you pull the trigger on a, on a DP level player with the uncertainty of what the rest of this season has. Um, and that's like, that's the, you know, you, the, if you wait and you don't pull the trigger and they end up playing a season and you don't have that winger that you could have used, that sucks. But if you pull the trigger early and then the season gets canceled and you could have waited and seen kind of like how things played out. So it's it's a, obviously we've never been in this position in sports, Correct. any sport. But I think that's the that's the apprehension of of pulling a summer window trigger is is there's just so much uncertainty right now. Eddie, and it's funny because it's not even really the summer window, right? It's just become that because of all this delay. And and I of course I'd want it to be 100. percent I'm just saying that I don't think it should be an impediment if it isn't. Uh, right. With this this I think even if they try and we don't play, the fact I think the fact that the club wants to be seen as ambitious or pushing for the playoffs, I think that has its own value. I really think that they, they want to get to the playoffs, get this new TV deal and sell. Right. So every year, every, every season counts. So I think if they make an investment, it'll be something like Alex said, to get a little spark. As we we uh, reboot something to look forward to, especially if they intend not to refund and then the fans aren't going to be there. Right. You, would you tune in to watch the team, to, to watch Coleman's debut, right, to see how he is next to Nani? You tune in more likely. And all of us would. I'm just talking about, you know, it is an, uh, something to help generate some extra buzz. Uh, Eddie, you're talking about, you know, um, make money, the new TV deal, the team, you know, trying to make the playoffs and everything. Uh, what was it, about three weeks ago, uh, what you going to call it, um, Alex, not Alex, um, Flavio Augusto, uh, the owner of Orlando City, basically uh, stated that, you know, he was interested in buying an English premier team and he came close to buying one, yeah. okay? So does that tell me that this guy has money yeah. and he's just been holding out? Uh, I think, ah. I, yeah. Oh, Alex, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that was my whole comment. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. Well, no, look, I think rich people fluff about how much money they have when they're talking to other rich people and stuff like that. You know, I could have bought a Premier League, not just an MLS team. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, well then, you know what? Put your money where your mouth is. Buy a Premier League team. Yeah. Plus. Did, did he specify which Premier League, though? Yeah, no, he did not. He was talking to Kaká in the Is, Instagram yeah, live. Israeli Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Premier League. No, it was English. It was English. I'll give him that. He said English Premier League when he was talking to Kaká on the Instagram live and everything. Uh, do we have Cleon or not? Or is he still out? No, Cleon, Cleon's got technical difficulties. All right. Uh, I think it's all his working out that he probably busted yeah, the computer. Cleon's <laughs> uh, a football, football shape. Yeah, he's football shape right now. He's breaking things. Every all, all right, let's football talk. Players in the best shape of their life. That's clean right now. <laughs> let's talk about. I heard Dom Dwyer's name coming up earlier. Yeah. Now, uh, supposedly he's still injured. 
with the lower um, injury, body injury. But from hearing things, I've heard it was a meniscus. Is that true, Eddie or Alex or Kyle, uh, from what I'm understanding? Yeah. The, so apparently, from what, uh, what we've heard, I guess, is that that lower body injury, lower body injury they had cited earlier before the season started was actually a torn meniscus. So uh, that, how long does that usually take, Kyle? Alex, do you guys know? Uh, I had a torn meniscus and a torn ACL, and it, and it knocked me out of soccer for the rest of my life, and I got fat. So, okay. so basically, I was out for a good eight months, nine months okay. after surgery. Well, well, Kyle, you're not fat, so uh, what do you, how does that affect <laughs> you? So, so honestly, with their, with their like, uh, capabilities and, and the resources they have at Orlando Health and I think torn ACL and MCL, you're talking like six to eight months, just torn meniscus. It could be two to three months. Yeah. Um, but then you're talking like two, three months of nothing. And then a month of fitness and like, so actually like, no, you're talking, you know, four months, five months, maybe. I gotcha. And uh, did you, but he, he was, he was previously running on the side already before the stuff happened. Do you think right. maybe he, he had it? Like, at what point – you're saying two or three months of just, like, just on the sideline with no, like, running on the side? Because he was running on the side the week of the of the Real Salt Lake game or the second game, the Colorado Rapids game? Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, obviously, we don't know. I don't know what surgeries they did or if, you know, to what degree it was torn. Um, but he was out, what, a month before he even got running again? Yeah, that's true. And then when he did get running, he was off to the side, non-contact, non-agility, just straight line running, um, which is another two to four weeks. Yeah. I, we might have seen him on a bench by April. Jeez. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we talked about and, and it could have been something that, you know, they just scoped it and cleaned out the meniscus also. It didn't have to be a full-on surgery. Right. Uh, they could have cleaned it up and, you know – I mean, some basketball players go and have their knee scoped out just to clean it, and next thing you know, in three, four weeks, they're out playing basketball again. Yeah. So we don't know the severity of it, but we do know it was a meniscus injury. So that's the main thing. I still think that we, we need we need a, a Dom to, to, to perform at a high level to, um, in order to, to kind of really get to the playoffs. Like, I, don't, I think Tesh will probably be peaked last year, and Dom, with all his faults, can peak better than that, I think. It has a higher upside. I don't know. I even feel like he's saying that, but that's true. He's had a better upside. You can see there's ability there. It's just, I don't know. But so yeah, this injury could be good in regards to Dom season. If we get the season back. He, he came into the season hungry. And yeah. I know it was talked about already that could he be hungry enough to want to actually have a double digit goal season and tell, tell all the haters mm-hmm. off. But it it also makes me wonder, did did this have any impact at all on the talks that we were trying to send him out of town? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Injuries, yeah. We were openly trying to get another striker. Oscar Pareja did it in shy. It wasn't just rumor. He said we were trying to get um, Herman Cano in Colombia. So, I mean, but we, we had to have a contingency plan too because this was his last season. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing with Dom is it's not just the lack of production at times; it's the injury history. Exactly. And and so whether you're a hater or whatever, I'm critical of him. Um, but regardless, it's he's just not on the field long enough to 
even if he was productive, can he do it for 10, 15, 20 games in a row, you know, with a break here and there? Yeah. Um, for more than 60 minutes. Right. And so I think, I think the biggest, you know, we have to have Dom. We have to. Like, we're not – we don't have another striker. I, I will say this. The, the players he has around him this season or he would have had or will have, we'll see, um, there will be less – there will be almost no excuses because the production should be better around him. The service should be better around him. I think at times last year he was kind of on his own out on an island, especially on road games where we kind of bunker, put him up top. So in a lot of aspects – it wasn't really fair to him that he wasn't producing. He may not have had chances. Very true. Um, and then when he did have chances, he wasn't finishing them. But I think that was probably because he wasn't getting consistent looks. Yeah. If it was more consistent, I think he maybe finishes more. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see how he produces with our current, you know, uh, a full Pereira, um, Urso, and the like. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, and, and Nani, of course. And then if you would have had – if we do get a, someone like Coman, like we, it's obvious we are we are trying to get an, an attacking kind of minded player forward with Garcia, I guess it was, or Castro, Castro, Alex Castro, right? He went to Cruz Azul. That we were we weren't um, we were linked to legitimately, as as Oscar said. Um, and if someone like that were to come in, obviously they're looking for some kind of speed on the wing that'll open things up a lot. And Dom, it's kind of weird because Dom is a player you almost have to set up your your team around in a certain way. Because he, he, when he's isolated, he's not clinical enough just to take those few chances. He needs reps, right? But then when you give him chances, he blows them. And you don't want to give him more reps. So you, you kind of just either have to, like, don't play him, or he's going to need four or five, six shots a game or, or some, some kind of four to five or six chances, and he'll bag some. His, his finishing rate hasn't been, like, terrible, terrible. It's just, like, uh, he just seems to be cold. He finally gets the ball, and maybe there's some urgency or panic and, or the stress of, of not performing that gets into your head and all it takes is just a little bit of a hesitation and then your strike isn't as pure and, and, or you take something for granted, you lose concentration and you do that. What he did in New York city with just an empty, empty header, that stuff, you know, there's a mental component to it. Just being fresh and being involved keeps you sharp. And you can't say that he was involved that much last year. And part of it was just because of the tactics, like uh, Kyle said. I think the biggest thing that Pereira uh, Oscar is going to do that will benefit Dom. And you've seen it so far in the season is switching Nani to a striker role uh, provides a little bit of that assistance to where Dom's not so isolated. I think it, it's better for Nani as well, obviously. It's proven yeah. it's better for Nani. I don't know why it wasn't done sooner. Right. The guy has a history, and I think you and I have talked about it, with Portugal, he's played as a, you know, an alternate, a false nine, an alternate striker, and a counterattacking type team with Ronaldo. Yeah. He's, he's not – we're not asking Nani to be a striker in – the English Premier League, or we're talking MLS. Yeah, like yeah. Nani can be a second striker in the MLS, mm -hmm. and so I think I'm I'm really excited to see Dom with Nani further up versus Nani playing out wide on a wing, or you know, put Nani up top, put Benji on a wing or in midfield, and see what happens. Yeah, I think. Hey, hey, Kyle, uh, where where'd you come from? I agree with you 100. percent That's what I've been saying. <laughs> Since day one, yeah. you know, in that Euro, that's what he did when, yep. when Portugal won the European Cup. Uh -huh. uh, Ronaldo went out. He became that false nine. Basically, that whole area, left, right, middle, up front, that was him. I've and, been saying that since day one. And you you can't, you know, you, you can't, you can't, be, you there? You guys there? I'm sorry. I lost yeah. you. 
Uh, you can't have the guy. The guy basically needs to be roaming around. He can't stay on that left side, and especially in the MLS. Yeah. He can kill people if he could just, you know. And then Dom Dwyer being up there, I think he would have a field day. I'll be honest. It would be a field day. I think Dom Dwyer, when him and Laren were at the end, I thought they were connecting pretty well. Dom, Dom, Dom's best season was with, with, um, with SKC. They, he was a, they were two strikers. It was like a 4-2-2. And I, I think his ability to kind of poach in the box, I think it, it's more suitable. And then having Nani up there and Perea with, with freedom is going to create more chances for, for Dom, where he doesn't have to necessarily hold it up and do a bunch of stuff like that. Um, or he, he could just run off and he's kind of sneaky. He could be quick and he, he, he could do, he could do a job. And I think it'll definitely suit and having Nani running at people, center backs and not having them solely focus on Dom could be huge. Yes. But are you set up to also have two, two strikers when they aren't necessarily playing or, or are we going to constantly have to change shape because Dom can only go 60 to 70 minutes and Nani's minutes are always being being managed because of his age i think uh, but uh, the way they have it set up is that i think it'll be nani who who will be the the most forward pressing right and then and so therefore he'll run less he'll track back less and then dom will okay. be the one that has to go back so on defense it becomes on offense it's really like a three five two right Cleon? on offense and then on defense it's like it's like four four two that's what they that's what they've been running in, in preseason uh, it's it's two clean lines of of uh, it's almost a 4-1-1, four, 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 so to speak. Whoever's the highest, whoever has to do kind of the least amount of tracking back is going to be Nani, in my opinion, to help preserve him. And then you, so, could so the, Dom, you could throw Dom in there and just wear him out, and then you could do Tesho. And that's the problem, too, with Dom's injury history is that he, he, he gets hurt, and then it takes him a while to get back and to get in the groove. And, you know, and then you have a, a loss of production in that point, in that time frame. And, so, and you come up, uh, Eddie and Kyle and Alex, when you guys mentioned Portugal, and the way they play, and the way Natani plays, and the way Cristiano Ronaldo plays there. This could be any easy. Listen, the forwards for Portugal are horrible. Andres Silva, okay. Um, I don't even know who the heck the other forwards are. But they're horrible. But they score goals when Portugal plays. And why is that? Because Ronaldo's playing that false nine. Nani has been playing that false nine. They go up. They're, so the defenders have to basically guard Ronaldo and not knee if they're playing that false nine and they leave open, guess what? The striker who's just poaching in that area. And that's what the Dom Dwyer is for Orlando City. He's not a guy that knows how to play with the ball. He just needs to be in that area, put it behind the net, and yeah. let the other guys do the work. Yeah. God knows we, he can't get service when it's coming in from, from the sides unless it's precision pointed, and he gets maybe two of those a season. Yeah, we, we don't need to be bombing in crosses to a little Dom Dwyer and stuff like that. We need to do like one combination, combination play in the midfield, bring in, you know, overload a little a ball behind. That's what we need. We need Nani – Portugal's worked because Nani and Ronaldo run at, run at people. And even if you look at Nani's highlight goals, he's running at people, and a lot of times he's, he's pretty central at that time or he takes the ball pretty deep. Like, just let him rock, man. Like, that's what I think, you know? And then Dom, Dom, just be there, be in the right spot, and uh, put it away. That's your job. The rest, let Nani and Perea be the brains and make it all work. And everybody else, work hard, keep your shape, and hustle. And, you know, I think that with better coaching, that's a playoff team, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think the other right. 
Sorry, the other, the other dynamic with Dom being back is is your obviously depth. So instead of you know right now we've got Tesho starting. Who do you bring off the bench? You know, seventy minutes in when you need a goal. Good point. I mean, no no offense to Patino and um, DK. DK, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just it's a lot to ask of those guys right now in their careers. And so when you have a Dom that can go for 60 or 70 minutes, then you're bringing in a fresh Tesho. It's just a whole different dynamic. It gives you so many more options. Yeah. And, and Tesho can play in different positions up front, too. <clears throat> and Tesho's going to put in a, a shift. He's going to work hard and defensively. You could put, right. put Tesho up wide or as either striker, and he could play essentially four positions in that system. Or you bring him in alongside Dom, yeah. and you take out, you know, if you're, if you're chasing a goal, you take out a center defensive mid or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not ninety ninety becomes yeah. You have a midfield with ninety Perea, right? Okay, you take out a of Mendes or something. You can't shoot. Right. All right, let's talk about as uh, Kyle mentioned. We don't know what the season's going to bring this year. Could be canceled. Could be played in front of no fans, as uh, Dom Garber has stated already. Uh, I think so two in days Chicago ago. is what you're saying, huh? So, what so do you say, Chicago. Alex? You said like Chicago, said, no fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh yeah. So like Chicago. Chicago Bears. Like a Columbus Crew playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> so those teams are used to playing with the, no no fans. Yeah, yeah. So but us Orlando City fans, we're used to the stadium being pretty darn full. Yeah. And uh, what do you guys think about that if the season gets canceled or if we play with no fans? And then the other thing is, what happens to our season tickets? The people that have paid. Do we lose that money? Do we go to put a deposit down, or is it going towards next season as a deposit or what? What do you guys think? Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Kyle. All right, Alex. Go ahead. I'm at the point now where I would watch live curling on television. So (laughs) being the guy that is on this call that has purchased the least amount of tickets, which is one – one ticket to the Atlanta game later in the year, I would be out a lot less money than you guys, but I would watch the crap out of it because I need something to watch because there is nothing on. Historically, we are in unprecedented territory, and I need my bread and circus. There you go. <laughs> That's what it is. Eddie, what do you think? Uh, I think uh, I, th- I don't expect uh, any kind of refund because – the idea of putting it towards a credit next year, a full credit, just doesn't make sense because I think the club needs the money. I think the, the way it works, too, is that MLS, the way to get most of the money is, like, is through the gate, right? So when, when they get um, the teams, they get, they get tickets from – they get money from, from ticket season tickets. The TV revenue and the merchandise is put into the pool, single entity, and it's spread out, right? So that, that's not enough to, to, to kind of make it into the, the positive, I think. So – the gate is important. So if they refund it this year, then they kind of have to start a new next year. And um, but next year's money is going to have to go for this year's loss of money. The I think the the club is losing. I've I've had some some kind of talks about this. Believe it or not, the club's losing approximately like two or three million a month. Okay, so that's that's a lot. You, you consider all the revenue from gate merchandise and that stuff like that. So if they were, were to return that, then they're losing five or six million a month, right? And then next year they're in a hole. So I don't think they're going to return it. I think we're going to put games on on TV, and they're going to say, you know, appreciate. We'll give maybe a discount for next year, or 
or something. Well, like they that. have to give to me. They have to give something back to those season ticket holders. Yeah, give something. They back. spent all that money. They need to give them something back. I mean, or if that doesn't happen, if they don't give anything back, they're going to lose a lot of fans, and a lot of fans are going to say, "Screw you! I ain't coming back. You guys couldn't even help us." And now, in the circumstances that we're in, with people losing their jobs and not even having money, and they're wanting the money paid now quickly, the season ticket holders, from the prepayment plans, and they're paying it, and they're not going to get anything back, they're, they're, it's going to be a big hurting for the MLS because they're going to lose a lot of fans. And then guess what? This USL, uh, UPSL, NPSL, all those are going to get up higher. They need to watch out. MLS needs to watch out and take care of their fans. If not, they're going to lose a lot of fans, and they're going to go out of business just like they did back you know a long time ago kyle what's your thoughts yeah no i think you, you're absolutely right they have to either roll it over to next season um or do a full-on refund um i don't think they'll do the full-on refund i just don't um but i think they will roll it over if they don't yeah i know from my family's perspective um my parents live locally um and so they're the ones that actually pay for the season tickets now i've kind of given it to them um, they they would never go again if and, and we spend five or ten grand a year at you least. Got great seats too. Yeah. Yeah, we have good seats. I travel a lot. Like I buy a lot of merchandise. It would, I I couldn't defend it. Like how do you defend that decision if you don't give us anything? If you just take our money? Like yeah. I love this team, but there's no way uh, they'll get away with not doing yeah. something. Yeah. Eddie. Yeah, I absolutely think they should do all those things. It's just my cynicism is just so high. <laughs> the way that they just feel like, you know, it's like a ticket master thing. You're going to change some kind of terms and conditions. Or they, on, the, on the, the contract we signed for our prepayment plans or whatever, there's some kind of clause there where, it, you know, it needs to be canceled based, canceled based on certain things. I'm sure there's some way. But this, fan, this, this, this uh, ownership doesn't have a great relationship with the fans, stuff like that. You, you can't risk you can't risk not giving something substantial for next year, not with the product they're putting on the pitch, not with the changes, not with the turnover, and not with the already absentee owner that we have and the kind of feeling we have. That will be, I mean, that'll be a poison pill right there. That'll be so dumb. I think, so I think, that's, why we, I think that's why we saw the season ticket package this season was improved over previous seasons. Yeah. Just the amount of stuff we got as season ticket members, I think that's part of the reason is kind of that, like, we need to mend this relationship. We haven't made playoffs. We're struggling. Yeah. Um, I, I would be curious to know the legality of not providing a refund for a product that you've guaranteed. Yeah, true. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a legal expert. I would just be curious to know because uh, I feel like lawsuits would be something that uh, – would be talked about in regards to the actual season and what kind of format it would take. Um, if it does return, I, I, I honestly closed door matches. I don't see it happening just because it's not just the amount of fans. It's the amount of support around the team. It's the travel of teams. Um, and what you would be putting in them, you know, unless you could guarantee that the teams would travel without any sort of, you know, all chartered flights, you know, no, I, I just don't see it. And if it does happen, I think the small chance it does return, maybe 10, 20% is in a, is in a tournament, the U S open cup type format starting in August, September, one or two months of, you know, something, you know, tournament based group play. I, I, I don't think they're, how, how would you, 
how would you have a regular season and playoffs? Even if you stuck to just conference games, you'd have to do home and away. You couldn't just do, you know, some teams getting home and some teams not versus opponents. So there's what, 11, 12 teams per conference? So you're talking 13? Yeah. Yeah, so you're talking 26 games, regular season, and then a playoffs? Like, where's the time for that? You'd have to start in July. Alex Ryder. It'll be interesting. Um, Back to the – just, again, looking at this from the outside as a non-season ticket holder and as someone who's so far away from actual Orlando, um, I still – would say that they would burn more bridges than they would than they would lose than they would gain with um, they would gain by doing no, no refunds or no partial refunds if some of the season the the, the ideal situation um, that Kyle's talking about where we do all closed door matches all the time that would kill the sport, not just in the fact that you're not getting that gate that Eddie was talking about, but we're also, you don't have that support. LAFC, teams like LAFC, Seattle, Orlando, that have these big supporter cultures that really create the atmosphere are going to, are going to be devastated by that financially and just more morally. I mean, you'll, you'll have empty stadiums. And I, I know I joked about it at the beginning of this topic, but some of those other teams wouldn't be as impacted by it, but they would also still feel the issue. And the other thing is the other sports are talking about this in a much different light. Baseball, for example, is in is in the unique position where they do their preseason in a very geocentric area, whereas football, base or soccer, basketball, all the other professional sports don't necessarily do that. We don't have MLS doesn't have a organized preseason, so it sometimes takes place in Florida. And there's talk that they're going to do like neutral sites, even where it wouldn't even be home stadiums. It would be neutral sites in a couple of less impacted cities with MLS or even, Lord forbid, USL stadiums. And that's not only going to impact existing clubs. Think about Nashville and Miami. I mean, Miami never even got to play their first game. They never got to play their first home game. At least they got their stadium built. Yeah, they – and at this rate, they could have possibly built on the toxic site, too. Yeah. They just press a button and it folds into like a suitcase. <laughs> That'll end up as a high school, high school or college uh, football stadium in Texas one day. No, that's too small. I lived in Texas. People are worried <laughs> about the stadiums in Texas. $7 million stadium for high school. I'm like, oh, they should have gone 10 because it's going to be just fine. And people don't get how crazy it is there. But yeah, good points on all this, man. Would you but guys, the, would you, if they tell you, what would you, what does the club need to give you to feel satisfied as a season ticket holder? At least seventy percent of my money needs to go towards next season, and I'll pay the other thirty percent 
You don't think there's um, an option of refund? Because a lot of people have lost work. I mean, yeah. I mean, refund, that's fine. I agree. It should be refunded. A lot of people lost their yeah. jobs. Yeah. But yeah. you're asking me what I would be happy with? I mean, yeah. I didn't uh, knock on wood. I'm good with my job and everything. I'm making money. But those people that have lost their jobs, yes, full refund. But, I mean, to me, I would be happy with 70-30. I'd pay 30% next year. And they could, you know, uh, the 70%. Whatever you know, seventy thirty for me. Could we knock that down to sixty forty for you, JJ? If we could do a one-hour Zoom session with Nani, <laughs> I'm working on that. Relax. Put that out there. <laughs> I'm working. Forty-five. I'm, you could do 50, hey, listen. Forty-five. If you get John Matinho on. Forty-five. Forty-five. Fifty. 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 I, I, I'm working on all that. Yeah. There's a, there's there's a plan, but this COVID nineteen just. Screwed yeah. everything up. We were making some good inroads on on some stuff with with the you know final put the guest there and uh, and uh, we'll ho- hopefully we can pick it back up. JJ's doing some good work on that. All right, uh, real quick, let's talk oh, about Kyle, the DA. Kyle, Kyle. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead because uh, we're running out of time. Actually, well, well, they, I got a little notice. We we that yeah. Don't worry, we got a little bit more time. They gave us more time. I got a little okay. <laughs> No, you, I've already talked about closed door. I th- I agree. I think you have to do a refund. Yeah. There's no there's no way you can't. I'm you'd lose you'd lose so many people. I think the one thing that we all agreed, you know, on the Twitter sphere, is it was really upsetting that they continued to ask for payment, even though it was getting you know suspended. The season was getting accelerate the payments. Right? They moved the payments up by two months essentially. Yeah. And then they had the goal to like I got a call from my ticket rep and like, you know. Like JJ said, some of us are in a position where we can financially afford it. No problems. Got it. But not everybody is. And it's just a bad look. Some of the teams got it right around the league and they suspended pay until there was a determination made. And I think that was the right call. And so it was really disheartening that Orlando, I don't know. I don't know their decision-making, you know, matrix and how they came up with that. I'm sure they had their reasons, but it didn't look, it didn't look good. It looks cold and cynical and, and yeah, that's not. This is about you know unity and warmth and love and fans and stuff like that. Go Alex, speak, speaking of money in this, um, I, I know a lot, including myself, complain a lot about how we ended up building our own stadium and all that, and it's been talked to death. But does this having paid for the stadium entirely by our ownership? Does that actually put us? in a better financial situation where we're not paying as much for an empty stadium where it would have been empty either way and we're not paying paying the city or another team for it we're still playing we're still paying probably on that mortgage somebody had to i mean i don't think flavio paid it here here's all this money you know build it i mean he probably had investors or somebody and he has to pay those investors also yeah, I don't think that it all just came out of his pocket. Yeah, and and if he's saying that the reason we we couldn't do these big transfers were because, was because of the stadium, then it's obviously a, ma- a matter of capital at that point, right? So okay. yeah, you know, yeah. That's so, what I was wa- wondering if if it was the structure of how that was paid for because I know it was all private private money, but was it all done up front? So we're not having nearly as much of an expense now, or are we just in the same boat as everybody else, got enough, we own the stadium? I think you just got enough foreign visas to have enough collateral to get the loan. No, there's, there's a bank that owns our stadium. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's why we do the Cure Bowl. name's not on the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's why we do the Cure Bowl there, because we need money. 
clear that debt. <laughs> All right, let's talk about DEA, guys. The news came yesterday about the DEA just shutting down. United States Soccer Federation decided to shut it all down. Is that a good move for the United States soccer? I don't think so. I think it was a horrible move, to be honest with you. I think that just puts us even back further. But then the MLS came out and said that they have a new structure for the youth group and movement. Eddie, what's your thoughts about this? I, I don't – U.S. soccer hasn't showed um, a lot when it comes to leadership, right? They just – we've had a horrible spell since – the Trinidad and Tobago since before then, right? Yeah. So I, I don't have a lot of a lot of faith in um, what's going to come next. I, I don't necessarily am mad that they're not in charge of it, right? Because they they haven't done well, but it just seems like there seems to be some kind of vacuum here. What's going to fill it, right? MLS says they're doing something called the the elite new elite competition or whatever, and there's already ECNL, right? The league competition, National League. Which is which is gained prominence in, in women's groups, so that'll help there. But I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know what how, how the investments are going to happen. I don't. I think a lot of there was probably some subsidies we're probably going to lose. And then at that point, anytime you you have um, to trust a club to spend and invest in something, that's when I get worried, because we don't spend and invest in a lot of stuff, right? There's a reason we're training facilities where it's at. There's a reason we try to outsource the, the DA to Mount Verde before, right? And there's a lot more to that than people think. And then, um, and then, I, and then OCB's come and gone, and the DA lost a lot of talent. And we were probably going to shrink the DA already. I don't know, man. I don't like the uncertainty. I'm not saying it was working before, great, because we are America hasn't produced a ton of talent, but but uh, I think I don't trust that every club is going to invest the same way in the DA and get the same results. And we're talking about investments. I could trust an Atlanta or LAFC or someone like that to invest fully. Are we just going to just roll out Paul Shaw's Orlando City Youth Soccer ENCL team and call it a day? He's got an academy. He's just going to supply them with those guys. And we're not going to really invest in the DA. Are we going to get rid of OCB then? What happens to the whole pyramid? You know? I don't know, man. The pyramid Honestly, still can think, continue. But you've you got to invest in it, right? So, you know. Oh, yeah, invest. But – Shouldn't the club be the one investing in it? It I shouldn't know, be us supporting U.S. soccer supporting. I mean, you go to Europe, you go to all this. It's the clubs that are doing do you, their own. Do you trust this Yeah, club? but the club should get the benefit of actually doing it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. But you've, do you, have, you feel confident that this club is going to do it? We already no. know that. Do they have their issues? Coaches leaving about pay, about different stuff, about structure. How much freedom do they have? There's been rumors before that Marcelo was, never left, was already going to leave. There's there's a lot. Well, like, that's not that's yeah. not us. That should be the club fixing their problems. I know that shouldn't but be. But it's gonna the, be more on the club now. If if you're taking away. Oh yes, that's I agree. Now it's it's all on the MLS clubs and teams and the MLS structure, right? Don Garber. Now we have there. Now there's no excuses. MLS says they can prove, provide better talent for MLS and for for the national team at the same time, and they're gonna do it. Well, okay, we'll see. But do I trust Orlando City to invest in it properly the way I like it to be done? No. Do I trust that Oscar Padeja is here to help? Yeah, for sure. But is Oscar Padeja going to get the keys like he should? Is he going to get the money like he should? I think what happens here a lot, you saw it with the Mount Verde thing. You saw it with previous uh, um, DAs is that people think they can convince Leitao and Flavio to spend the money with results. And then they don't do it or they, they undercut them or something happens. That, and then we reset. Now we're going to go to DA part 4.0. 
And that's the part I don't get. That's the part I don't like. Well, we had to be part of the United States Soccer Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, what, what's your thoughts about this? Yeah, so I think the biggest difference between the European model and what we're apparently attempting to do is that in Europe, there's the uh, density of professional soccer clubs is 10 times what it is here because of geography, smaller. Um, So it works there because there's a professional soccer club every five or 10, you know, miles or kilometers. Mm -hmm. Um, Here, yeah, it works. It works when there's an MLS club nearby, but what about the, you know, 60% of the U.S. that doesn't have an MLS club within 50 miles of it? And that's my, that's my biggest concern is there's huge gaps that the MLS will not meet. And if the lower level professional clubs don't meet those um, development academy um, zones, who is, where are those kids going? So I think, you're going to see a resurgence of high school soccer. You're going to see a lot more kids that are able to play high, high school soccer, which I think is a good thing. Um, Eric Winalda, you know, was tweeting about, you know, his daughter's one of the top DA females out there right now, and she's super excited about the prospects of playing with her high school. So I think there are, you know, certain things that are, are going to be good, but the big geographical gaps right now is what concerns me. Well, and it's interesting you bring up specifically geography and talking about – how you're talking about Europe. Europe has the model where yeah, multiple towns towns have multiple teams. Sometimes those teams are just in the top division, but some are spread throughout the divisions. And that's, that's an interesting thing because they don't have zones, whereas MLS has this, I, I don't know exactly, is it claim zone or something like that where – that's the territory that that club gets for its youth. Correct me, correct my verbiage, guys. That, correct? They got rid of that? Did they get rid of that? That's what I'm unsure of. Because All right. I, yeah. I'm going to relate that to how we deal with USL in the lower leagues because USL ha- is starting this year, and Cleon is in the chat saying that they want the non-MLS academies out of here, but USL is putting – a dedicated cup called the USLA where they want to do a club academy competition where it's non-pro only academy players for USL only clubs to compete in in a uh, open cup style tournament every year to show off and get playing time for academies in a more national setting. And that's something that MLS doesn't have. MLS, up until last year, was mostly talking about, okay, let's just ship when we don't, when we want to give them time, let's either loan them out or ship them to a USL League One team or a USL Championship team when it comes to like the bottom of a first team roster. All right. My thing is, real quick, is that MLS tried to monopolize the academies okay they they tried i remember back in the day where orlando city was seminole soccer club which then they bought out seminole soccer club which is all the fields out in lake sylvan all right joey avalon greg brick all those guys ran ran it well flavio took over and bought the team and mls started doing basically trying to monopolize and getting academies and trying to get these teams a DA. So what happened was 
Joey Avalon, Greg Brick, all those guys, they got fired from Orlando City, the academy. They started their own. Um, well, Greg Brick actually stayed. Joey Avalon started his own with human enzes. Uh, it's called Florida Craze Crush with the females and the males. Mm-hmm. Then you had Florida Rush, Maitland Soccer Club. You had Claremont Soccer Club. You had uh, South Orlando Soccer Club. You had plenty of soccer clubs here mm-hmm. in Central Florida. The problem was Orlando City was starting to buy out all this, mm-hmm. these clubs, because they wanted to be their own entity here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Now, Kyle, when you say in Europe, I agree with you. There are kilometers. One, I mean, you got a, a kilometer, two kilometers, you have clubs, different clubs. And that ha- used to happen here in Orlando until the MLS, the DA, all tried to monopolize and say, hey, Orlando, this is your section. They actually went down to Tampa and tried to get some down there. Miami had Weston. Mm-hmm. They're trying to grab everything down in that area. Mm-hmm. This used to be just trying to be monopolizing for your areas. They needed to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. They needed to leave the Rush alone, the Craze alone, the South Orlando uh, soccer clubs, Maitland Soccer Club, all this alone, and let them run their soccer clubs. The, these DA players can't even play in high school and enjoy their high school because if they're in the DA, they're scared of getting injured. Well, guess what? You're not guaranteeing me at the age of 18 that I'm going to go play professional or not. And now I can't go and enjoy my high school career because I can't play soccer. And I know that person because my nephew happened to my nephew. He was in the DEA. And he couldn't play high school. He said, screw it. I'm playing high school. Now he went to the University of West Florida, four-year starter there, played all his college years there, and graduated. And still, if he wanted to, he could have played in the USL. Okay? They were monopolizing and they were dictating what these players can do and what they cannot do. Okay? I'm kind of happy that the DEA, because now what's going to happen is you're going to see more soccer clubs starting to form again and doing it the correct way. And the correct way is letting these kids play and letting them get scouted by teams from all over the world and all over the U.S., from USL, and go from there. That's me. Go ahead, Eddie. And we, we need to do something about uh, just the affordability of it, to be able to expand it to, to our communities, right, where it's not just you pay for play. Some of these, these, these places, I, I live in Claremont. We do Florida Rush for my kids, not, not like more like non-developmental. I mean, more just like for fun, right? They're not that into it. But the other families have left to Claremont FC and these things like that, and they're affluent, these places, you know? It's like, oh, my little Johnny's in this, in this team. And they're, they're not even that good. They could just afford it. So they, that, that's still a problem in the United States. And speaking of the whole a lack of mobility, you've seen players, people here, who, who it's easier to go to Germany when you're a teenager than it is to be able to move to another club because of the way it's structured, right? And okay, then, Hershey, and, Pennsylvania. Yeah, exactly. And, and West McKinney, all these people. Yeah, and you see, and then we have a perfect example of, of someone being trapped by the DA and it costs them. In Santiago Patino, remember he got he got kicked off the DA yeah. because he played it on his high school team at Freedom High School, and then that caused that that caused uh, us to lose the homegrown tag on him and actually had to wait waste a draft pick on him. So imagine how how things turn out. All that silliness. Hopefully they sort of did. We out. really waste a draft pick on him though. No, no, no. I, it would have been better to to have him as a homegrown and have a draft pick. Maybe I, oh, I, yeah. from what I, I think they were Ian Shinyashiki or someone like that. You know, imagine him. He's been much better. MLS player than than Patino has, and uh, we could have had both. I'm not saying not to get Patino. There's something there. I'm saying we could have had both. Why not both? I think the one thing I, Alex mentioned briefly that would fix and help what JJ's talking about is you have to 
you have to give benefit back to these clubs that are making the investment. And MLS is starting to do that with decreasing the amount that they take on the sell-on of a player. Um, but those kickbacks have to go down to those clubs that JJ was talking about. So if Club X develops Christian Pulisic, Orlando City buys him, Club X should get some of that yep. money. Correct. Yeah. Orlando City goes and, and sells him to Europe. Orlando shouldn't get 100% of that money. It should get you know, 80 90%. 10% should go to that youth club that develops them. And that's how you incentivize what JJ is talking about. You incentivize those clubs to develop at that level because they're getting the kickbacks when that player gets sold. We don't so have that. You know, you know something, Kyle? It's good that you mentioned that. Nani. Nani got paid. Uh, we paid basically Nani. You know that Sporting Lisbon, where he started his career from his youth academy, still gets paid every time he gets transferred. Cristiano Ronaldo, same thing. Sporting Academy in Portugal gets paid from when he went to Real Madrid, Manchester United, Juventus. These academies, which is the club, still gets paid. It's only like 5 or 6%, but still they're getting money yeah. from all this. Al- Alfonso Davies is another big example. Yeah, of the, that he yeah. he got they got what uh 10 20 percent sell on when he went to the white caps from a i think it was a, i'm looking it up and it's a club a small club in edmonton where he was after he came to canada and there he got sold on to vancouver as the as one of the youngest players in mls history and then he got sold on to Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich and look at that like that's that's a great model but why are we limiting that to a sell-on from a youth club that doesn't play any professional games all the way up to um, MLS and on to Europe why not meet the middle ground and help foster North American soccer help foster soccer in the US and Canada and buy more players, encourage, make it beneficial, whether it's on the salary, uh, whether it's on the cap, whether it's on the how it's budgeted. I don't know. Come up with new Garber bucks that if you spend a certain amount on a player from a USL team and you buy from that team, that you get a certain amount taken off of that player's hit as long as he's on your or any other club. I don't know. It's it, it's like homegrown, but you're not necessarily having to spend the money on the front end. You can spend it on the back end. I don't know. That's it. I'm just throwing stuff out there because you're seeing this in Europe. It's the European model that Kyle was talking about earlier, where richer clubs, and we're not one of these clubs, but are buying from poor, less. Um, uh, lower clubs and lower divisions that don't have the money but have this raw talent, like yeah. Liverpool to Southampton. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Southampton is their academy. Now, did, did Kilian brought up a good question? Did, don't most of these non-pro academies, did the kids are, are pay to play right already? So if we give them a kickback, aren't they getting paid twice because the kids pay to get in? Yeah. So if it is pay to play, then the kickback wouldn't really exist. Mm-hmm. I think the point is you don't. You kind of want to get rid of pay to play. Like that's the yeah. goal is you mm-hmm. want to reach those, you know, inner city, you know, lower income family. You have to, and that get, you get rid of pay to play by the sell on. Yeah. Uh, 
So, and speaking of that, you, you're going to have to have an investor for these clubs, yeah. basically, to pay to to pay for everything, you know, and have these kids not pay to play, and then develop them as these clubs. You'll have seven, eight, nine, or ten of them in the city, yeah. and then hey, the, there's kids out there that can't afford to play or, yeah. or pay to play, you know, and we're losing out on those kids. Tons of there's a lot of kids, and that's what. And I keep bringing Portugal, but that's what the academies in Portugal do. They go to those low-income neighborhoods in Portugal, and that's where Nani came from. Nani, Nani. And that's where all these guys came from. Yeah, and they grab these kids. They're orphanage, and they put them in the academies there. They feed them, they bathe them, they teach them soccer, and they teach them school. Ronaldo, he was in the Madeira Island. They grabbed him. His dad is an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. He was just there playing soccer. They grabbed him, told him to come back. The kid was phenomenal. Yeah. Guess what? Now they're making millions of dollars off of him. Yeah, and if 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 the 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 clubs start getting paid, the academies start getting paid from sell-ons, then then they don't have to ask for so much upfront money, right? So Correct. that's that's the incentive at that point to pull it off. And speaking of pay to play, like hey, Florida Rush, you know, I I paid for my daughter. Season's not coming up. Can I <laughs> to get a refund here? You know, oh. the coach too. Come on, yeah, they got nothing. It's been radio silence. You guys are. I know you guys are listening. <laughs> all right guys anything else from you guys before we uh, say goodbye i don't know how we always manage to go forever no matter what i know we were we were saying we're only doing this for about 30 minutes yeah we're yeah, almost at an hour already happen. yeah well thanks for coming on kyle glad to have you yes kyle, kyle thank you this the orlando city interaction it sucks yeah kyle tell them where you we can find you on on twitter a little bit about you yeah so i've changed my name multiple t- times i'm spearhead kyle on Twitter at Spearhead Kyle, which is basically uh, what I do professionally is I'm a army logistics officer. Um, so it's called the spearhead of logistics is like our motto. So I spearhead Kyle. Um, but yeah, so right now I'm stuck in Virginia trying to move out to Washington where my wife lives. So, mm. you know, as much as I miss sports, I miss my wife uh, even more. So it's been Smart tough man. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Our host, uh, thanks for joining us, Kyle. We, we've, you've always had uh, great contributions on, on Twitter and, and support with the podcast. We're glad to have you on. And- also, let us let us know. Um, I'm trying to come up with, uh, if you guys got Xbox, trying to do the uh, pro club team. Yeah. Yeah, the pro club team with the Orlando Lions Den. We'll yeah. start the Orlando Lions it's Den just been team. Me we had some adventures, man. <laughs> yeah, we have. We, we started playing, and there was one game where there was no rules. And yeah, we're no like, way. hey, that guy's off size. Hey, hold up. And the, it was the no rules game. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't know. And we, we were already down like four nothing. And he kicks it into the box with two people. And we're like, wait a second. And then we realized JJ joined. JJ put the settings for uh, only no rules cups. So uh, yeah. Oh, but, no, but, so, but we're going to start at our Orlando Lions then. Go ahead, Kyle. I was say, Eddie, and, Eddie and Alex, you guys have been playing together, right? We played co-op a little bit, but Alex, Alex has been playing Call of Duty and he forgot me, man. That's all I've been playing is Call of Duty, so I get it. I, I enjoy the videos you guys share, uh, sweating kids. Whooping. Yeah, that was that was that goal where you walked it in. That was me. Yeah, so nice. Alex and I went uh, – we played like uh, – we went through that division and we lost one game, and it was just – we were just kind of working working it out. Alex is, Alex is better than me, but, but uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty good in the midfield and passing. Right, JJ? So I put some work yes. in. Yeah, so. And then don't forget – our social media, sometimes I go on there and talk live. Yeah. Eddie's too shy to go do the live on Instagram. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it next time. You don't have anything to talk about right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was the point. Hey, let me tell you. 
I went and I talked and I almost talked about 45 minutes. So there's always there's always people asking questions. And I those baby blues, Jay Z. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, my face. They, All right. Uh, uh, what, and I want to say, you know, to everybody out there, let's let's try to be kind and supportive. And a lot of people are out there struggling, and and uh, you know, our hearts out to everyone out there without work and stuff like that. And hopefully, you know, just talking to soccer can be some you know distraction for a bit. We're always DMs are open. We're all all available to talk. You know. And let's thank our healthcare workers and our front, yeah, front yes. line workers sure, out there. Sure, man. Those are the ones that are, are right now, basically. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Child you, Kyle, wife. for your service also. My yeah, wife's nurse, an Army nurse, so she's getting it double right now. Yeah. And there you go. Thank her. Thank all those nurses, doctors that are out there, even the dietitians and everybody in those hospitals, from transporters to, you know, x-ray techs, everybody. Those are the ones right now that we need to thank for keeping us safe and, and they're working their butts off and they're coming home, you know, who knows what they have and they're coming home to families also. Yeah. So let's thank them for everything. You got it, and on that note, peace. And until next time, hopefully, Hey, it, let's do this again. Yeah, this is fun. This is easy and fun. And uh, they, they liked us and they gave me a little pop-up that says, uh, congrats. You guys are doing well. Here's an, yeah, we took off the 40 minutes. Three minutes, unlimited minutes. Yeah, it was 11 minutes, like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> awesome. So there you go, guys. Once again, thanks, everybody, from uh, us here at Orlando Lions. And until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Until next time, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook and at OrlandoLionsDen.com.